Jesus, you are mine. Yeah, yeah. Endless joy, perfect peace. Earthly pain finally will see. Celebrate, Jesus is alive. He's alive. Oh, happy day, happy day. You wash my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day. I'll never be the same. Oh, no, forever. And oh, what a glorious day, what a glorious way that you have saved me. And oh, what a glorious day, what a glorious name. Happy day, happy day, you wash my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same. Oh, happy day, happy day, you wash my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same. Forever I am changed. I'll never be the same. Amen. You can be seated. And welcome to First Baptist Church. We're so glad that you're here with us this morning. We're so glad to have John Bell here leading us in worship, so give it up for John Bell. And if you're a guest with us, we're especially glad that you're here, and one of the things that we would ask is if you would fill out the guest registration card located in the pew rack. Uh, there's a space on there if you want to receive our weekly newsletter, or if you have a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. Uh, later on in our service, when we take up our offering, you can just drop that in the plate, and that can be your offering this morning. As we continue to worship and celebrate this great day, would you stand and greet those around you? Into the darkness you shine 
Out of the ashes we rise, there's no one like you. None like you. Our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God. Oh, our God. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, oh, our God. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power, our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? Then what could stand against? Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, oh, our God. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power, our God, oh, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand against? Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. 
Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. And trembles at his voice, and trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Time is in his hands, beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The Godhead three in one, Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Name above. And my heart will sing, how great is our God. Name above all names, you are worthy of all praise. My heart will sing, how great. God, how great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. 
How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Who has the power to raise the dead? Who can save us from our sin? He is our hope, our righteousness. Jesus, only Jesus. Who can make the blind to see? that set us free he paid it all to bring us peace Jesus only Jesus Holy King Almighty Lord saints and angels all adore I join bow before Jesus, only Jesus, who can command the highest praise, who has the name above all name, you stand alone, I stand amazed, Jesus, only
Please bow with me. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the ability again to come before you and to praise you. Father, only you can save us. We just ask that that you be with us today, that you be with Dr. Cox as he brings your word to us. Father, that that word um, falls upon our ears and our hearts. And that we are able to turn towards you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning. What a joy to worship with you and to be with you today. It's great to, to see you today. Hey, just a word of explanation. If it seems a little dark up here, it seems dark to me. We don't have any stage lights uh, We took down our old spotlights, getting new ones put up, but we're in between in time of construction. So I look foggy. That's that's why we're doing that. I want to share with you about our Wednesday nights. This Wednesday begins our new member orientation at 630. It's a four-week class that I lead, and we ask every person who joins our church to attend one of these within a year after you join. We just believe it's really beneficial. We want you to get connected. We want you to get plugged in and to learn about our church and grow. It's also an opportunity if you're brand new and you're not yet a member or even if you're not yet a Christian, this is an introduction to both Christianity and to our church. So every week we share some of the basics of what Christians believe, how to grow as a Christian, how to know you're saved, as well as introducing our staff and ministries and missions and philosophy of our church. So maybe you're just trying to figure out about this thing of Christianity or church and there's no obligation, no pressure. I want to invite you to come this Wednesday, 6.30, four weeks, uh, if you're new in our church family. And then, if you've already been a part of New Member Orientation, another elective begins this Wednesday. Based on the movie we showed a couple of weeks ago, I can only imagine. And it follows up from that, a four-week study or five-week study about the themes of that movie, about forgiveness, about family, about redemption. You don't necessarily have to have seen the movie to benefit from this class. They'll show clips of it in each class, but uh, if you have seen it, you know those themes. Uh, What a great opportunity to grow in your faith. Hope to join us on Wednesday nights. Uh, This Wednesday at 6.30 begins those new classes. Today I want to share with you a very simple biblical truth, but a biblical truth that I, I believe could be very encouraging to you, and that truth is simply that God cares about you. God knows in intimate detail what you're going through in your life. He knows the smallest thing about you. 
and he cares personally for you? You see, there's a philosophy called deism, and deism teaches that uh, there's a God who made our world. It couldn't have just happened. There's a God who created the world, but God is not now directly involved in the world. He's just way off out there somewhere. He's transcendent. He made everything, but now it's just sort of running itself. It's on cruise control like your car. It's on autopilot. And God doesn't really have anything to do with the world. The sun comes up, the planets turn, and he, he made it. He's behind it all, but he's not actively involved in it. Some people live as practical deists. Maybe you do. Maybe you didn't know that word or sure wouldn't call yourself a deist, but you don't ever have any personal interaction with God. There's no prayer. There's no listening for his voice. It's just like you think God is, yeah, there's a God, but he's just way out there somewhere. He has nothing to do with my individual life. Christianity, on the other hand, we as Christians believe in what we call the providence of God. Now, providence is not a word that's in the Bible, but like Trinity, it's a word that we use to describe what the Bible teaches. And providence means that God is actively involved in his creation at every moment and that he personally cares for us. That God is not only transcendent, but he's imminent. He's with us. And that God cares, knows what's going on in the little details of your life, and God cares about those details of your life. The providence of God we believe in. Now, there's a couple of things that can happen in your life that can, will cause you to doubt the providence of God. First of all, sometimes we don't feel like God cares for us because the world seems so big. You know, if you ever traveled and you're just amazed at how huge our world is. For example, in the United States, there are 10 cities with more than a million people. More than that, metropolitan areas that have more than a million, but 10 cities with a million people. In China, there are 160 cities with more than a million people. I probably couldn't name more than two or three cities in China. There are 160 with more than a million. Isn't that, doesn't that just, boom, blow your mind? The world is so big, and you think, how could God care about me when our world is so big? There are every day 360,000 children born. 360,000 every day, about four every second, 240 every minute. There are about 150,000 that die every day. That means our world population is growing by 208,000 people every day. A quarter of a million almost every day coming into our world, a population game. How could God keep up with all those people? It just sort of boggles our mind, and we get to feeling like a small, insignificant speck, and God just seems distant to us, and we wonder... Does God really know me? Does God really care about me? The other thing that will cause us to doubt or wonder about the personal care of God, the providence of God, is when we're disappointed in God. There's, if you live long enough, there's probably, if you're honest, some time in your life when you're disappointed with the action of God. You pray, and God doesn't answer the prayer in the way you thought he would. Uh, you experience some tragedy, some unexplained suffering that just hits you out of the blue, 
And it doesn't seem consistent with a God who cares and you talk to him about it and you don't get any response and you think if it can't be that I have blank in my life and that God still cares for me. And you wonder, does God really care? Well, today I want to share with you one of the passages in the Bible where Jesus specifically and pointedly teaches the personal care of God. It's in Matthew chapter 10. And we're going to begin with the context before we get down to the verses in 29 and following. Sort of give you the context of it because that's important. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus is sending his disciples out on a mission trip. And he says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Boy, that's encouraging, isn't it? Hey, I'm going to send you out like sheep among wolves. He's saying it's going to be tough in the world living for me sometimes. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. And he says in verse 17, some of you can get beaten up because of this. Be on your guard. You'll be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. And then he says in verse 21, you could even die. Brother will betray brother to death. And a father, his child, and children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Some of you will die in my name, serving me. Now you think about the disappointment some of these disciples might experience because they had seen resurrection, they had seen healing. And imagine they're going out and they pray and think, surely I'm serving God and I'm on trial and he's going to deliver me, right? I'm praying for that and God, and then they're just beaten and thrown into prison and forgotten and it would be easy to think, God, have you forgotten me? You did all these miracles before. Why haven't you done a miracle in my life now? Do you not hear my prayers? Be easy to think that, wouldn't it? But Jesus tells them, as he's warned them about there's going to be trouble in life, don't be afraid. Three times in this chapter, he says, don't be afraid. First of all, he says, don't be afraid in verse uh, 26, because he says the truth's going to come out. Verse 26 says, do not be afraid, for there's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. You don't be afraid. The truth's going to come out. Then he says in verse uh, um, 28, don't be afraid because they can't hurt your soul. They may kill your body, but they can't hurt your soul. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And then he says a third time in the verses we're going to look at, don't be afraid, and he says, because the Father cares personally for you. And Jesus in this passage gives two examples, two illustrations to help you believe, even in times of disappointment or when you feel very small, to help you to understand that God personally cares for you. The first illustration he gives is that God cares about every sparrow that falls to the ground, so he cares about you because you're more valuable than they are. So the first illustration is about sparrows, about a bird. And he says in verse 29, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care? Your father cares If you look at the footnote down there, if you hear the NIV, it says, our will or knowledge. The word care is not actually there. It's just supplied. It's outside of the Father's, outside of his knowledge, outside of his will, outside of his care. There's not one sparrow that falls. Now, Jesus, both of these illustrations are from lesser to greater. Jesus is taking a small thing to help you see if he cares for this, surely he cares for me. Sparrows are one of the smallest of birds. 
they're one of the most nondescript birds. You know, I, I like birds. Um, some of you are birders. Uh, people say, hey, we had rose-breasted grosbeaks at our feeder. I saw an indigo bunning in my backyard. Oh, look at that beautiful cardinal. Very rarely do people say, wow, I saw a sparrow today. You know, just don't, because they're little, they're brown, they're nondescript. Yes, there's some rare sparrows that birders look for, sure. But generally, Jesus is taking the smallest common. It's the most common bird in the world. The house sparrow, most common bird in the world, birders tell us. Uh, scientists about 10 years ago tried to estimate how many birds there are in the world. They estimated 200 to 400 million uh, uh, birds, billion birds in the world. There's 7 billion people, 200 to 400 billion birds. Far more birds than there are people. And yet God knows every time one of those sparrows falls to the ground. And if he knows every time one of those billions of sparrows, the most common bird on the earth falls, how much more does he know what's going on in your life? And apparently from this verse, in Jesus' day, they ate sparrows. I've never eaten a sparrow, but they sold them in the marketplace. And Jesus talked about that they're not very valuable, are not two sparrows sold for a penny. So in the market, you can get two sparrows, Jesus said, for the smallest coin they had, a penny. Uh, Luke, in his version, says, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies. So if you, get, if you just got a penny, you can get two. If you got two pennies, you can get five sparrows. Now, I looked it up. Of course, you can look up anything on the Internet now. A sparrow weighs about an ounce. That's live weight. If you clean it, I'm not sure how much, maybe a half ounce, you think. A chicken wing weighs three ounces by comparison. So I'm thinking you got to eat six sparrows to equal one chicken wing. I don't know. But I'm just saying there's not a lot there. They're just so little. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's knowledge or will or care. Wow. And so go to verse 31, and he makes the application, and he says, So what? Don't be afraid. If you're facing a fearful situation today, the word of God to you is, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and God seems silent to you, and God hasn't answered your prayers, and you're in a fearful place, don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. You're the crown of God's creation. And if he knows in detail whenever one of billions of sparrows fall, we don't notice it. They get hit on the road. We don't notice it. God knows how much more does he care and know about you. Then Jesus gives us a second illustration, also from lesser to greater, about the personal care of God, lest you doubt that in your life. And he says, God knows the number of hairs on your head, so he knows your smallest concerns and fears. So in verse 30, he talks about God knows the hairs on your head. Now, let's get the ball jokes out of the way first before we look at this, because, you know, some of you are saying, well, it's not too hard for God to know the hairs on some of your heads, you know. 
so let's just get this out of the way first. So let me show you a picture of me when I was 21, okay? <laughs> this is me. This is me at age about 21. Man, I had a lot of hair. Had that denim suit in the 70s, you know. I mean, I, I was cool or thought I was or whatever. Yeah. Okay, now, <clears throat> so next picture. This is about when I'm 41, about 41. Now, so I came here as pastor when I was 38. So this is just a few years after that. I got just about as much hair. Shorter, but just about as much. My point is, you have caused me to lose my hair. I had hair before I came here. It is pastoring you. It is, it is dealing with you that has caused me to lose my hair. I'm j just saying now. Now, scientists say we all have 100,000 or so hair follicles. We all got about the same. Blondes have maybe 150,000, brunettes 90,000, average about 100,000, and that we all lose about 70 hairs a day, everybody. The problem is some of us don't grow back hairs into those hair follicles when we lose them, but we're all losing. So think of this verse. It says, the hairs on your head are numbered by God. That's a, that's a changing number. Every day you're losing 70. Some of you are growing 70 back, some 68, some 40. You know, I don't know, but, but God knows that. And if he knows that smallest detail about you, if, he, if he's into details, he cares about the details of your life. Some people say you shouldn't pray about little things. I got grandkids, had them for a little bit last week, and, and uh, pray their prayers at night. And our four-year-old especially prays for his boo-boos, and then he looks while he's praying to try to point them out to God, and they're all healed, but he's prayed for them so long, you know, he's still talking about them. Should, should you pray about little things? Now, our prayers can become too self-centered, and we need to grow in prayer so that we're not praying just about ourselves and our boo-boos but that we're praying about the kingdom of God. Certainly we ought to grow in our prayers so that we're not self-centered. But, but these verses indicate to me, God cares about your boo-boos. That God, who knows the number of hairs, that there's no, no, no thing so insignificant to him. There are two things in the Bible that I know of that it says God has numbered. Now I'm sure that he has numbered everything. I, I'm sure God knows the number of everything. But there are two things it says he knows the number of specifically. He knows the number of stars in the sky and the number of hairs on your head. He knows the greatest and the biggest, and he knows the smallest and the least. The number of stars in the sky, I don't know what it is, but scientists say it is greater than the number of sand, uh, grains of sand on the seashores of this planet. That'll just blow your mind. More stars than grains of sand. And the Bible says he has named each of those. Psalm 147.4, he has numbered and named every star. So God is big enough to know and encompass the vastness of our universe, and he knows the number of stars, and he is intimate enough knowledge of you that he knows the number of hairs on your head, from the biggest to the smallest. God's got it covered. Therefore, do not be afraid, the Bible says. God cares for you. I want to tell you a story from the Old Testament that I think illustrates 
this aspect of God's character. In the book of Genesis, there's a man named Abraham and his wife Sarah. And God said to Abraham, you're going to be a great nation. I'm going to bless the world through you. We know that promise would culminate in the coming of Jesus Christ. God, through the Jews, would give us Jesus. But at that time, Abraham and Sarah had no children, and they were senior adults, getting older every year, and they didn't know how it would happen. So Sarah devises a plan to help God out. She doesn't have enough faith to believe God. And so she says, Abraham, why don't you take my servant girl, Hagar, and father a child by her? Maybe this is how we could have people to take care of us in our old age And Abraham should have said as a leader, no, that's not what God said to do. But he said, okay. And so Hagar became pregnant. And when she became pregnant, Sarah despised her. And Sarah mistreated her. And she ran away. And she runs away into the desert. And she's sitting by a a spring. And she doesn't know where she's going to go or what she's going to do. And nobody cares about her. And the people from her own household have mistreated her. And, and she's alone. And she's a nobody. And she's a pregnant servant girl. And, and God says to her, Hagar, go back. Submit to, your, to Sarah. I have a plan for you. You'll have a son. His name will be Ishmael. He too will be a great nation. And Hagar says in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13, let me read it to you. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. You are El Roi, the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Be'er Lahai Roi. Lahai Roi is the living one who sees me. It is still there between Kadesh and Barrett. This insignificant woman who had no point in part in the ultimate plan of God to redeem the world, who was a nobody, who was a side story, who was an outcast, but God saw her in her suffering and, and she said, I can't believe you see me. I don't know if there's a, a pregnant teenager here. I don't know if there's somebody lacking in Hagar's time spot. Oftentimes it amazes me that when you preach about something, God brings somebody specifically like that. I don't know if there's a pregnant teenager who feels alone and abandoned. I don't know if there's somebody else in a situation like that. I want to tell you, one of God's names is El Roi. He is the God who sees you. He is the living one who sees you. He is Lahai Roi. He knows you and he cares about you. There's more to this story. Hagar goes back, Ishmael is born, and then in the miracle of God, just as God had said, Sarah becomes pregnant, and Sarah gives birth to a child, Isaac, and this will be the child of promise through whom God will bless the nation, just as he said, but Isaac, being the sinner that all of us are, Isaac mistreated, or excuse me, Ishmael mistreated Isaac, the older boy, Ishmael, his half-brother Isaac, mocked him, made fun of him. You know how that happens. Mistreated him. Abraham sent Hagar away again, this time with her boy, Ishmael. The two of them gave them a skin of water. They went into the desert. The water ran out. They're going to die. The boy is crying. Hagar is crying. 
She can't stand to see her son die. She puts him under a bush, and she moves maybe 100 yards away to wait to go back, but she can't be there at that moment when her own son dies. And God speaks to her. Let me read to you Genesis chapter 21, verse 17. God heard the boy crying. Isn't that amazing? Had to be thousands of people crying. You know, when you cry and you think you're all alone because there are 7 billion people on this world and 200,008 more babies crying coming into the world every day, but God heard this boy crying. He hears you crying. And the angel of the Lord called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What's the matter, Hagar? What did he say? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. And God showed them a spring of water provided for them miraculously in the desert. They lived. They went on to survive and be a desert people there. I don't know if there's a young single mom here who cries about the situation of your life. I don't know if there's a kid or a teenager who has been bullied or mistreated and you've laid crying at night. I want you to know there's a God who hears your cries. If you're a senior adult and you're alone, if you're having some physical problems and it's just overwhelming you, if you're having financial problems and it's more than you can bear and you've cried some about this, there's a God who personally and individually hears your cries. He is the God who sees and the God who hears, not just on a universal basis, but on a personal, individual basis. He knows you. He cares about you. And of all the people in the world, if he knows when a sparrow falls, he knows when you cry. And if he numbers the hairs of your head, he knows the situation of your life. He's El Roi, the God who sees me and the God who hears me. So what should you do? I'll share one more verse with you. It's 1 Peter 5, 7. And here's what it says. Cast all your anxiety on him because in the providence of God, he cares for you. I don't know what's going on in your life right now. I encourage you to hand it over to God, to cast it, to let go of it. Doesn't mean you do nothing. Doesn't mean that you're that you have no emotion, but it means that I will not bear it alone. I'll not worry. I'll trust the God who sees me and cares about me and knows all about me. Maybe right now you just need to pray. I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer. Would you whatever's bothering you? whatever concerns you, would you right now cast it on the Lord? Let's pray. Oh God, I pray for those who are afraid, who are crying, who are alone, who have been disappointed in you or who feel small and insignificant. I pray for those of us who have some cares that we're holding tightly to ourselves and trying to bear them alone when there is a great God in the universe who wants to help us. I pray we'll have the faith right now to cast, to toss our cares upon you. Some of us need to name some things right now. Some of us need to speak words of faith that, God, I trust you in this matter. 
This will be a point of growth in your life as you say right now, God, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to cower. I'm going to live with victory. I'm going to trust you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let me say one more thing to you. The next verse after our passage about the personal care of God, it says this in Matthew chapter 10, whoever acknowledges me before before men, I'll acknowledge before the Father in heaven. So the very next verse, the result of understanding that there's a God who knows and sees everything ought to cause us to confess Jesus as Lord of our lives. And the next verse says, when you do that, when you name me, when you claim me, when you stand with me that I am a follower of Jesus, I'm a Christian, then I will unashamedly acknowledge you before that ultimate Father in heaven. So I want to give you an opportunity to do that. We're going to stand. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing a song of invitation. Today, wouldn't you like to be related to a God who cares about you? His Son, Jesus Christ, has been sent to save you from sin and death. And if you'll put your faith in Him, your sins can be forgiven. You can go to heaven. You can know peace and joy. Will you acknowledge Him? We ask you to do that by walking forward, meeting me or another pastor here. You can be baptized later this month or whenever you choose. If you need a church home, we'd invite you to join this church in the same way by coming forward. If you want somebody to pray with you about the cares of your life, somebody would be glad to do that. You come as we sing. Who has the power to raise the dead? Who can save us from our sin? He is our hope, our righteousness. Jesus, only Jesus. Who can make the blind to see? Who holds the keys that set us free? He paid it all to bring us peace. Jesus, only Jesus. Holy King, Almighty Lord, saints and angels, all adore, I join with them and bow before Jesus, only Jesus, who can command the highest praise, who has the name above all name? You stand alone, I stand amazed, Jesus, only Jesus. Holy King, Almighty Lord, saints and angels, all adore, I join with them and bow before Jesus, only Jesus. Thank you. Would you please be seated? We're going to give our offerings now and worship to God. Remind you, if you have a guest card, just place that in the offering plate. Thank you.
Would you pray with me? Our most kind, gracious God, in this post-Independence Day week, week that uh, our country is celebrated, Lord, please don't let us forget that you have blessed this country. Let us continue to serve you, Lord, so you can continue to bless us. We pray we won't let you down. Lord, we're thankful that you're a God that sees us and hears us. Lord, please bless these tithes that we're about together, Lord. Bless the givers that give them. Please use them to advance your kingdom. All these things we ask in your name.
Thank you, Benny. Hey, as we go, I want to invite guests to stop by the Welcome Center. I have a small gift for first-time guests. I'd love to meet you. I want to encourage everyone to stay for a connection group. If you're new, also at the Welcome Center, there's a greeter there right now that'll help you find a group where you can get to know folks. We're so glad to welcome into our church this morning Emily Robertson. Would you stand by me for a moment? And Emily's a rising 11th grader, right? High school, and she's been a part of our high school ministry for some time. She's come to join our church by statement of faith and previous baptism. We're so glad you're here. Welcome. I'm going to ask uh, Mark McBride, one of our deacons for high school, to come and represent our deacon family ministry. And if you'll welcome her into our church, would you lift your hand and say amen? Amen. amen. We're glad you're here. You can have a seat. Tim's going to come and pray for you and pray for us after you share some things here this morning. Just two last final closing announcements. One, tonight we have church service, so you're not going to want to miss uh, Jake bringing, bringing God's word. And, and uh, following the service, we'll have a business meeting where we'll present leaders for the new coming year and also our budget. And so don't miss out on tonight's service and, and the business meeting to follow. And finally, we've got, uh, I've got one last trip for the summer. We're going to be leaving out with uh, 30 middle schoolers tomorrow, so that, that ought to be something you could pray about. Um, <laughs> So yeah, all, all uh, 34 of us will be getting on vans headed to Carson Newman and uh, looking forward to a great week at camp there with, with uh, the middle school students. So please pray for us in that. We'll be, we'll be back on Friday. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your love and, and for the way that you care for us and, and the way that you know everything about our, our lives and that you have a personal, intimate relationship with us. Lord, we thank you that we can take confidence in life and not have fear because of who you are. Lord, I thank you for Emily, for her joining with us. She's already been a blessing and a help to our ministry and, and our mission here at the church. And so we just thank you for her joining uh, officially with us. And God, we pray for the, the camp that we're headed out to this week. Pray that you give us safety as we travel and just a, a great, encouraging, life-changing week for these students. It's in your sons and we pray. Happy, oh, happy day, happy day, you wash my sin away, oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same, oh, happy day, happy day, you wash my sin away, oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never What a glorious, glorious day I'll never 